You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Australia, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders in Australia. I'm Matt. I help connect businesses with tech talent, and today I'm your host. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we're discussing the topic of creating a healthy culture. We will, be, we will look to cover a variety of areas, including what a healthy culture is, how to find the balance with creating squad loyalty while still broadening the love bubble to the wider teams and business, what role hiring plays in building a healthy culture, how to scale culture across an organization, and ways to add to an existing healthy culture. So I'll pass it around uh, the room here, and I'm going to get Leah, you to go first, uh, and get you to introduce yourself, who you are, what company you're at, uh, and what you're passionate about. Great. Thanks, Matt. Hi, all. My name is Liat Jacobson. I'm a product owner at Officeworks. I run a digital squad. Um, and prior to Officeworks, I was working actually at ad agencies for most of my career. So it's my first time being corporate and first time being in an agile environment. Awesome. Thanks, that, Liat. And Shender, pass to you next. Yep. Thanks, Matt. So, hi, guys. I am Shantanu. I am a software development manager at Country. I lead a cross-functional product squad. We are responsible for trade and transact on Country platform. Uh, I'm really passionate about building technical product teams, cross-functional product teams, which are empowered and learning, always learning. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. And Idan, you next. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Idan Manor, and I work at Kmart. I'm the head of engineering and delivery for digital. Uh, I'm responsible for teams building the Kmart website and the Kmart mobile app. So that's my remit. Uh, I've been in tech for over 25 years now, now that I just did a bit of the math. So <laughs> I've started in 1990-something. Um, I'm passionate about people, so I know I know it's a bit of a cliche and everybody says that, but I think for all my roles, I've always been kind of passionate and focusing on what makes people happy when they do their work. So I want to enjoy going to work, so I'm trying to make sure that everybody else does. And I keep saying to, to people that I work with, like, you know, 90% of my role is to make you happy. The other 10% is to make my boss happy. And I think that's kind of how I how I see my role. Thanks for that, Idan. And Saif. Yeah, g'day. My name is Saif Aldean Haddad. Um, I go by the name of Saif. Um, I'm the Director of Engineering at WeatherZone. Uh, so under my control, I guess, is CloudOps, DevOps, as well as um, all the software engineering under apps, backend development. Uh, APIs, um, geospatial kind of engineering as well. Um, I guess my passions have always been in technology. So much like you done, um, I've been in the tech industry now for 23 years. It's kind of hard to say that out loud, but um, I am showing my age. Um, and that's what drives me. That's what keeps me in the industry, um, just ever evolving technology. And with the advent of AI, um, that is just making my life a lot more um, Oh, it's making my job a lot more fascinating. Awesome. Thanks, that's safe. And look, thanks everyone for the intro. So we'll get straight into uh, the first question, which is kind of what brought up when we're leading into this podcast is kind of a good way to set uh, the precedent going forward and kind of understand what everyone's views on what a healthy culture is. So I think I'll start with you, Leon, and get your thoughts on this one. I think a healthy culture is a place that people want to go to and stay at and be with. Um, and it's also a place where they feel safe. So I'm a really big fan of psychological safety in the workplace where people can feel they are, can be themselves. Um, they're trusted, they're respected, they can try new things, they can experiment, they can fail safely um, and be protected. So I think that's huge for me in terms of what it is to have a, a good culture and a team. 
um, or an embroidered business. So for me, that's what I try to impart on my team is that I'm here to support them, to give them that safe space to really be themselves, to be their best selves. Um, and so when I meet someone, my assumption is they are awesome um, and to let them be them and let them fly. And I'm here to just kind of give them, you know, the air under their wings. Thanks, Dad. And Shane, pass it to you next. Oh, thanks. thanks. So for me, like, to be uh, give a cliche that, uh, definition for healthy culture, it's a glue which binds employees and organizations, right? So it's it's where an employee's personal values align with your business values, your organizational values, which creates an environment of alignment, right? Where your values and your behavior drives the culture. So that's what an healthy culture is, right? You're working it. You have a set of values, you have behaviors which reflect those values and you build a healthy culture. Thanks, Shane. And Idan? Yeah, I was I was thinking about this, what is a healthy culture, right? And I kind of, I, I agree with uh, Shatna, what you were saying was, I like the, the idea of having the glue, because I was thinking about it. A culture is really, when we talk about what is a culture, it's really a set of beliefs, it's customs, it's values and behaviors of a certain group. But then what is a healthy culture? It really depends on the context and the organization in which you, you work at, right? Like the... A culture in the army is different than the culture in a startup. It's different in a culture than a bank. It's different in, in the culture in a, in a footy team. So when I was trying to kind of break it down, I think for me, a healthy culture is a culture that helps the organization achieve their goals and in the same time enables individuals to perform at their best and be successful, right? And, and like what Shanta was saying, to be successful in that, you need to find the people that are aligned with the culture of that group, right? Like, like I said, uh, an army culture is different than a business culture. You, you're not there to, to, to fail or look for innovation. Sometimes you're there to follow orders and really execute on, on a plan. And let's say hierarchy and, and following commands is very important in that context. But in a startup, it's a different context and you're looking at different values and different behaviors. But I think what lines everything is that the culture needs to help the group achieve what they're trying to achieve and help the individual thrive within that setup, if that, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. Thanks, that Adam. And safe. Yeah. Um, so just picking up on Liat's point um, about feeling safe in, in that environment, um, that is something that um, I completely agree with. Having diverse opinions is a great thing, especially when you disagree, because that's when you get the most, I think, out of a, um, a fruitful discussion. We've had so many situations in, in our company, which is a startup slash scale up. So to your point, Idan, um, that is what makes a healthy culture in, in our situation, in our context. But feeling feeling that safety that you're protected, even though you've got like the wackiest idea, sometimes it's actually the best idea, um, but sometimes it's the most stupidest idea. Um, but not having someone, you know, hoe down on you and say, well, you know, that was pretty dumb. Um, instead, you know, like uh, encouraging it and, and just, you know, letting people kind of unleash, you know, their, their selves. Um, the other thing that I think maybe that um, that others didn't mention was leadership um, and, and having the culture of everyone being a leader to some degree. We, we try our best to give everyone autonomy and, and some degree of leadership so that people, um, you know, while they might not be in a managerial position or in a team lead or engineering manager or whatever, um, they still do feel that they've got ownership, accountability, um, and people trust them for that. Um, so I think that's that's what keeps a startup or, or scale up like ours healthy or healthier. 
Thanks for that, Safe. And look, thanks everyone for those first hands. I think it gives a good foundation to now go on to some of the, the questions, which the first one uh, was from Leah being, how do you find the balance with creating squad loyalty while still broadening the love bubble to the wider teams and business? So I'll get you to give us some context or your thoughts around uh, why you want to looking at that question. So it's an interesting one that I've been wrangling with recently. So I've had teams where I've had to really rebuild them and restabilize them and get them humming uh, because a happy team is a high functioning team. And so once you get to that space and you build that loyalty within the team, you create the protection, you create that safety, everyone becomes really connected. Um, and sometimes loyalty can almost be too much towards that team because you're so invested in your team and what you're building as a team and you see each other every day on teams for that matter or whatever you're using um so i think especially working from home so much developers or engineers they you know you become you see your team becomes your family and so when you're not in the office as much or you're sort of more siloed i think sometimes your your lens can be very much on that squad and on what you're doing and so my question is how do you broaden out, broaden out that feeling of family, of loyalty, of passion, um, and of teamwork further outwardly towards the your division or your part of the business, whatever it might be? So you actually have that that same sentiment towards your team, but also towards the business that you work for. So I've had team members who adore the team and will do anything for them and love them and work really hard and collaborate amazingly but just don't actually have that passion for the rest of the business. And I don't know if that's comes from a leadership problem or if they, it's where they see the business as, you know, like as different to the team, but I'm wondering if anyone has, has any ideas or thoughts on how you can scale that outward. Thanks for that, Leah. Uh, Shandu, I'll pass it to you next. Thank you, thank you. That's such a great question and a real question, Leah. So, it's, it's a real problem, right? When you have cross-functional teams, which are self high, high, self-organizing and high-performance teams. I think the, the mantra here is, is basically alignment. So like their techniques, right? So every team would have different ways of working, right? Some teams do scrum, especially product teams where they're doing discovery, they're doing delivery together, but then you have platform teams where Kanban might be suited. So if as a leaders, we are trying to force ways of working on teams, that's where we start losing trust. I think what's important is teams to work on alignment that and how they are aligning to the commercial business goals so let's say our business has a goal right that we want to deliver a right and this this might be this might involve different teams and it's it, there is stage practices in okr right you can do set shared okrs where teams get up before they when they are planning that okay this is a common goal we are working towards this is a common objective we are working towards and then they work individually and in their ways of working, when they have their own ways of working, they have that. So I think building on that alignment, building on that, uh, building on the feeling that everybody in this building is is on the same team eventually, right? When you are part of the same business, everybody's on the same team. We have different ways of approaching that problem. We are working differently, but that alignment is the glue here, right? How do we align into and how do we get, how do we get our teams motivated towards the mission or vision statement we have, the North Star as a business we have, and how does our strategy from a product perspective or a technology perspective align that, right? That's what we do in Gumtree, right? So we have three different brands, Gumtree, Cars, and Auto Trader. 
very different brands, very different ways of working. We have some product customer facing teams which have different ways of working, but our North Star remains the same, right? And and we all work towards that. That that's alignment really helps us broadening that love. Thanks, Shadir. And Idan, I'll pass it to you next. Yeah, I think in similar roles, it's it's kind of how you scale the culture. So you start in a team, right? And you build a culture in a team and, and how they work, it, it doesn't really matter. But if you think about what brings that team together and why you have a certain culture or a certain loyalty of that love bubble, what, what brings that love bubble to the team, right? Is it a shared mission and a shared purpose and working on, you're aligned, following the same kind of, you're on the same trajectory trying to achieve certain things. So then when you scale that up, like understanding why does my team exist in this organization? What's the value that I'm there beyond the team, right? Like I get what I'm doing for the team and what I'm building and whatever I'm working on, but how does that contribute to the organization? So understanding where you fit and the value that you propose in the organization. So taking the same core ideas of what makes a good team glue together, and then you take anybody at the role at the next level. So if you've got, you know, owner, whoever manages the tribe, does the same thing at that level, right? Like you're team X, you're building this, and that's where your value is. But now team X, Y, and Z, you're all part of this department. And our goal and our mission and our vision is this, and this is what we're doing. And you kind of understand where you fit and everybody plays that role, right? So whoever manages the tribe is trying to build the culture and trying to build a culture of connecting the groups together, whether it's, you know, in the same way that a team does a social event and go out to lunch at a team level, you kind of do something at a tribe level to try and bring people together in collaboration. And and this is where the whole conversation of coming to the office comes into play, which we, we will probably park in it to a different podcast. But <laughs> some of it is kind of bringing people outside of their their you know, the cocoon ecosystem of just my team and where my 90% of my time is to kind of understand where you fit within the wider organization. So you kind of, every person kind of in their role has to scale up the culture, if you know what I mean. And you do that by by role modeling behaviors, right? The same values that the team has and the team is building the culture based on values and behaviors that the organization endorses. You do that at the next level and you know they're you know the tribe manager whoever it is whatever title and role is going they drive the same role and the same behaviors and the same values and they do the same things at, at that level right celebrating everybody's successes uh you know what i mean like experimenting and letting everybody you know speak their thing feedback etc etc so i think it's just kind of a way of trying to like culture should be endorsed from the top but driven from the bottom right if that's kind of how i would do it um but yeah, so it's kind of like, I think everybody at their level try to build the, the, the culture, the love bubble at their level. And that's how we, you try and kind hey. of get it bigger. So Dan, uh, you, you're, you're talking more like, like almost like a fractal, right? You know, the more you zoom into that fractal, it kind of looks all the same, you know, the more that you zoom out from it, right? So like, you couldn't really tell if you're at zoom level, like one or 100, it all kind of looks the same. That's that's kind of the essence of what you're saying. I, I think that, yeah, the, the, I think... You're right because the more you zoom out you you the less you you see the details right so if you talk to to a gm and they would look at their 150 people their, their focus is a lot more um high level and, and not as granular they would say a lot higher value of what the culture is or what their value is mm-hmm. right you go down to the team level that culture is slightly different in yeah. every team they have a different in you you know what i mean the different innuendos in a different way the culture manifest itself but hopefully the core values are the same yep yeah you know what i mean so, we all value safety it just it would be manifested in different ways 
depending on the team's culture. Yeah, I came to this question from a startup scale up, which is very different to where you're at, Liat, and um, probably Idan and Chantna as well, um, because our organization is only uh, 75 people, uh, give or take, whereas that's probably the size of your team. Um, so, but, but, but when I thought about it, I did think about it like a fractal, because in a startup, if you don't have that, um, that sort of love-in kind of culture and it's not bought in by everyone, you fall apart really quickly and, and bad culture quickly spreads. We all know that, you know, people get apathetic, they become disengaged, demotivated, people start leaving and it falls apart. And you can see that happen really quickly. Sometimes in a matter of months, you can just see this big fall. Um, but good culture, even though it takes longer to build up, um, from, from the scale-up perspective, having tight connectivity, you know, across the verticals um, and the horizontals of, of the company, really helps that and and what i was thinking from what Nidan was saying was like it it does you can make that permeate but you can have also micro cultures which um can be embedded within teams so that people know that for example liat's team um they're just a bunch of like socialites and you know um you know extroverts uh, whereas in safe steam they're a bunch of introverts and you know slightly uh more mushroomy um but you know that those microcultures don't necessarily um, inflect, you know, the, um, the 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 overall culture in and of itself. They they kind of just give a personality, I suppose, and that's how I'd see it. Yeah, and and, and I agree with that. And I think coming back to what you're saying as a startup, I I worked at startup in the past, and and the way you, I think one of the ways to do that is like you said, if you've got a certain team that has the culture, and you're building a new team. You kind of take a bit of that and, and to you try to see the culture around people that have your your cultural change agents and you know the people that make sure that that new team that you're spawning has the, the dna of the culture that you want again it, it would be different but you want to do that versus getting a whole bunch of new people and they're going to build some maybe a culture that's different to to the values of what you're trying to build within the organization and it goes back it goes to the other question that we talked about hire that we'll talk about hiring in the future but in in this podcast but in terms of you want to kind of, you know, you, you, you grow and then you seed it in the next and you're trying to make sure you have that DNA across the organization. So as it changes and shifts and permutates and it doesn't always, it's not exactly the same because every individual is different and you'll get a different way of culture, but you want the core DNA to be the same. You want the, you know what I mean? When you hire somebody, you know that they could go to any team because there will be a cultural fit if their core values align. It's not that this person would not fit in that team, but would fit in that team because they're so different, All right? Awesome. Well, look, appreciate all the answers. Do you want to jump in, Shandu? Yeah, I just wanted to say that this is aligned into that, right? That that concept of alignment of values, right? Where we are work, where our corporate values or business values are aligning with personal values. It's it's okay to have different ways of working, different personal, different microcultures but if you are aligned towards that vision or core values it just becomes easier yeah anything to add or i think that was awesome i think the idea of seeding culture in sort of micro dose laws between teams is really interesting um and i think that yeah like you said, we're going to get to kind of the hiring question um but how when you look at those teams and how you when you place people in those teams Ideally, everyone should fit everywhere, essentially, if, if the culture is so that everyone is going towards the same values. Um, but yeah, thank you. That was really interesting and really helpful. Awesome. 
Thanks for that, Leon. Um, well, I think we'll move on to the second question, which was from Shantanu being, in your opinion, what role does hiring play in building a healthy culture? So maybe if you could, yeah, give us some context and your yep. reasons for bringing this one. Yep. And I think it, we had a perfect segue into this question as well, right? So it's something which I've been thinking about a lot recently. It's the whole, especially in these times where we are hiring is a challenge and so with the mass layoffs which had happened in technology recently it becomes even really important that we really reevaluate our approach towards hiring when, when we are hiring people when we are uh, and it brings up all the debate of culture fit versus culture ad which i've been thinking about a lot that how is it something you always look for is culture fit the most important thing or is there a better way? Is culture add a better better way to go about things, right? Somebody who will who aligns with the values but brings new ideas, right? How do we how do we make sure we're getting people who are while while we align also innovating or bringing new ideas or challenging challenging status quo? So just wanted to share with the group and observe that what are our thoughts on that? Adan, I'll get you to start us off with this one. Okay, so so the short answer is. Uh, hiring is critical. <laughs> let's, let's just be honest. And again, there's a different aspects, and it also depends on your culture, right? The, the, some the people that you. I've worked in a company in the past that one of the managers said, "Hire people with a mortgage." Do you know what I mean? That was the just make sure they come in and do their nine to five job, and 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 don't don't challenge and don't create a fuss in the system. So it really depends on the culture that you've got. Right, I think you you are looking for a cultural fit in the way that you want to make sure that you're aligning expectations. Right, if you are a person that wants to work in a startup, and and the, there are certain behaviors in a culture in a startup, you know, like innovation, uh, a, a flat leadership cycle, you know, the ability to fail, come up with new ideas, go on to try and different things. Don't go and work in a bank. If you're a bank, don't sell that you're, a, you know what I mean? Like we need to, even though you might be a cultural fit, this is a aligning of expectations of the different cultures and organizations. So you want to make sure people that you hire understand where they're coming from, the culture of the organization, and does it fit them in terms of what they're looking for and in terms of their personality. Again, what you were saying about cultural or cultural fit, it's interesting because I think it, it depends on your culture. And I know we're saying the word a lot, but <laughs> challenging the culture or certain behaviors in the organization is is part of what I would expect as part of the values in my culture. So I see that somebody has a cultural fit. Do you know what I mean? Like I know it's a bit of a twisted kind of you know thinking about it, but I you do want I personally want to hire for 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 diversity. You don't want the same type of people, so you want a diversity of thinking and you know the, uh, diversity of ideas and thoughts. And again, usually new people, fresh blood, kind of come in and and do challenge like the way. Oh, we've been doing this like always forever, right? And you want to be challenged that, especially when, well, I've seen better ways of doing it and I want to introduce. Otherwise, I don't think you you as an organization or as a group can progress and improve because you're stuck in your ways. Um, I think that's really important. For me personally, I think it's also part of the culture is whether you're hiring for potential or not, right? Are you hiring, uh, I need you to hit the ground running, I need you to tick all the boxes and I need you to know everything versus, you know what? I can see the potential and you're, you you can pick some of the boxes, but I know he or she can, can pick up the rest of the skills. And that's also part of the type of culture that you're building in the organization, the type of people you want to hire, the type of mentality do you want to, do you know, do you, do you have room for growth? Do you have room for learning? Are you supporting them in that journey, knowing that you're going to hire somebody 
that he or she might need to learn things in that role. They're not going to, you know, they haven't done this before in everything. And it's just for them, it's a, it's another uh, been there, done that kind of role. Uh, so, yeah, I think all of those things come into, into, into thinking about when you're hiring and the culture. Mm. Um, yeah. So just picking up on that, um, like I know certain companies, for example, Google, you know, they, they look at Googliness, right. And no one can really tell you what that means. It's just a thing, right? And, you know, people have got different interpretations about it. Um, and it's almost like Idan read from my notes because um, I, I, I had pondered this question um, and, I, you know, it, it, did, it did occur to me that it really depends on, on the context that you're hiring into. So, for example, at our startup scale-up um, at WeatherZone, um, strangely enough, some of our best um, candidates have come from banks and... Um, and sometimes our worst candidates have come from banks uh, just because um, sometimes at a bank you want to be unleashed. You know, you, you really want to get stuck into other things. You want to wear many hats. You want to juggle priorities. You want to, you know, talk with many teams. Um, whereas sometimes you don't. And, and sometimes people are more sheltered and they, you know, they enjoy a bigger team and, um, you know, just kind of doing one thing and, and that one thing doing it, doing it well. So, um, I must say we've we've focused a lot of attention on um, I, I guess weather zones googliness, uh, which is basically wanting to get things done, wanting to be part of a bigger thing. Um, and I always emphasize to anyone that's come uh, to co- that's come into the company is I want you to make your mark on the company. I, I want you to walk away even if it's after a year to say, I did that, I changed this, you know, I built that, um, because that's what you're going to ultimately do at a scale up, um, in a bigger organization that, you know, I, I guess the complexion of that changes somewhat because bigger organizations, bigger products, more people, um, and you sometimes get dissolved in, you know, like a big pool of something, but, um, that, that's how, that's how I go about it. But I think it makes a mat like the question that you've asked is you know the answer to that for me in one word is massive like it it's got a lot of um a, a lot of um uh, uh how should i put it 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 matters so much to find someone yeah. who uh can match the dna of your company and yet still be able to challenge how you do things even if it means turning it upside down yeah, I think that in terms of culture, I agree with all those things from a hiring perspective. When it comes to my experience, I've actually I've had amazing hires from more junior team members. And so often for, for me, it's about actually attitude, not experience. And so if they wanted to learn, they want to try new things, they want to be open-minded and curious and be bold, and they want to learn from others, that can actually be even better than someone who's more senior, who's coming in with predefined expectations and they can do everything. Um, and so I think a lot of it is being open-minded to someone who actually has less experience, but has the attitude that is actually more, and there's a willingness to learn and potentially be, be molded and be taught. Um, a few more points I think is that when also when we hire, I think it's important not to hire individually for hiring for the team. And so look more holistically beyond just that person about how they're going to fit in. Kind of to Dan's point earlier about, you know, the broader, how do they, what do their values fit into the team and how do they fit into the culture of the team? Um, because they might tick every box, but 
not be a very good person um, or kind of have some weird behaviors around that kind of thing so i think it's looking at more holistically as well from a hiring perspective where they fit um and then lastly i think also with possibly mentioned was just diversity so diversity of age gender background culture everything is important because everyone brings a different perspective and so when we're problem solving having someone who solved that same problem even in a different business um, or from a different age group or whatever they might come from actually bring something new and something fresh to the conversation so you want to hire someone who's different to you and different to the rest of the team ideally as well so it really brings a mix of opinions um, because then you get those really interesting and robust conversations and you can solve problems in a really interesting way um, that you may have thought of. So I think all those things are important. So back to your question, initially, 100% hiring is critical. Yeah. I just wanted to add to that, to what Liat was saying. And I think that the context of the team is really important. Like, um, do you know what I mean? You don't want to hire a team full of rock stars or a team full of introverts. If you want to, sometimes you need your change agent you need the cultural change agent you need the guy or the or the girl that lifts the team up but you don't need none of them in a team and and in the same way that you don't you know what i mean you want to have that blend of of different types of personalities some people are you know the hard workers and the quiet type that just like to do their work and like to be led some people like to be leaders putting the same kind of people all in the same team usually creates a lot of headbutting and and, and challenges of people trying to pull and, and, and make their mark. Um, and I've, I've heard some stories of experiences of, from other companies that, you know, hire the top guns, you know, the, you know, your, your, your Facebooks and your cash ups and your Googles and all that, that hire the, the, you know, the best of the best engineers across the world. And then you have a team of everybody is a, you know, everybody's a rock star and, and trying to manage that level of team is, is a lot of times it's difficult from a cultural perspective. Absolutely, 100%. I think it's such a good point you raised, right? That Rockstar versus Superstar, you have to think of, about the context of your team, the balance of your team. And you don't want just like-minded people, right? You you want different opinions. You want people who bring in a different perspective. You, you challenge that perspective. And eventually, you don't want a stagnant culture, right? You want your culture to evolve. Yeah. If, if we if we never evolved our culture, we would not have like the tech industry would not have survived the pandemic. That's the example of evolving our culture, right? Evolving our ways of working. One uh, last thing, yeah, I guess in terms of our teams almost come together and agreed on the kind of people we like. Not all oh, sounds a bit weird. Like we the kind of team we want to be, and and so um, I use a, a nice word, um, but we'll say like no idiots and no passengers and so people who are good people who have lovely behaviors who are you know just generally good humans but also people who are going to be part of the team and collaborate and work towards everyone's shared success and so i think that's really so we sort of when we look at kind of the right people for the team it's do you fit into those two areas and the rest kind of just comes together awesome thanks for that layout i think we'll round that one up there some great answers i think we've covered that thoroughly so moving on to to the next question from idan being how do you scale culture across an organization so maybe get you to yeah start us off give context idan for this one yep i, I think we've touched a bit about it when we talked about how do you balance the the bubble and and increase it i want to maybe take this the next step how do you scale uh, across a wider organization uh, the culture across divisions let's say how do you scale your culture beyond the tech 
right? Uh, I don't know. How do you scale a culture in an organization into finance and into marketing and into, you know, the non-tech areas? We keep talking about agile and ways of working in tech, and that's kind of really, we know what we're doing or we know we know that space a bit. But how do you take a culture and really scale it across the organization in, in, in a wider context? And I think that's kind of a... a I'm interested to hear people's thoughts on this. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about this one long and hard because, um, again, coming from the uh, startup scale up, it's um, it's uh, it, it's kind of you know different uh, different context. But what I, what I did think about was um, the way that agile works is it's self-refining. So in in the tech industry, you know, where we're all from, um, you, you've got this kind of feedback loop and it refines and it gets a bit better and it gets a bit better and then what you end up doing is that you end up extracting um the good and leaving the bad and if you can extract the good things that are out of agile um so having um really good communication in whichever way that that is can you can you then scale that out into other parts of the business um it, it almost blew me over when Malcolm Turnbull, a previous Prime Minister of Australia, was talking about being agile, right? Um, he actually took a concept that was born from the tech industry in whatever it was, the 90s. Um, he actually took that, that concept and brought it into politics um, and into executive government. So uh, I'm pretty sure they didn't have DSUs and, um, you know, planning sessions and that sort of thing, but maybe they did, who knows? Um, but, you know, what... What, what what it made me think of was can you extract the the core essence of what makes our teams successful um uh, and then yeah broaden that across um the the org exactly and leah it's a really hard question i don't actually know if i have a good answer for it and it's interesting coming from from agency was always smallish so I actually knew everyone and everyone knew each other and we all knew where we sat and we all knew our parts and our roles to play and there were lots of social experiences together and so we kind of we grew together and there was no the silos weren't very obvious going to corporate I was like who are all these people and how do I meet them and how does this work and how do we connect and what stuff can I do with them and and often we just don't because that's just the way like our bubbles are being created um I have tried to just meet people. Like, I was like, they had a people. What do they do? What's their job? And so I kind of annoy people trying to understand and get em- and build empathy for their part of the business and understand what they do and meet their teams. But that's just me being weird and a bit curious and proactive. But it's in terms of the broadening, I think it does also mean, I think that it's basis, social and like encouraging social interactions across those different silos even though it sounds kind of basic and obvious i think the more you can do of that the more you can do face to face the more you can have conversations the more you can connect you can find rapport um and common ground because at the end of the day we're all working for the same company we all have the same goals and ambitions um if you can find those that common ground across those different silos and find ways of working together on projects if possible um, so it's working together or just having social in- engagements together. I think find those connections is probably just the first the first point and build the foundations um, for breaking down those walls. Thanks for that. And Shedner. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, I, I, 
I pondered upon this question a lot, right? So, um, when it comes to scaling culture, we we touched about something. We spoke about microcultures earlier, right? So, a lot of these divisions they have their own microcultures. If you go to sales, right? They're KPI driven, right? They they under the farm to sell stuff. So they're like going out to sales people. They they reaching out. So they have their own ways of working. If we start imposing our ways of working on them, it usually that's where they lose us, right? So I think. for any scale up like when you're scaling up culture for a big organization across department it becomes really important to accept and not be fearful of these microcultures right if you are if the alignment is strong that yes we are working towards common goal we we working towards common vision don't be afraid of microcultures another thing which i really think which which i've seen in action which we do now which i have done previously is especially in product world when you're working for a product organization like Gumtree or others right there is a it's making product and tech accessible so a lot of people usually in tech company or product companies they see product and tech as a silo sales as a silo marketing as a silo to bringing those channels in right getting into stakeholder engagement so i had worked with product managers who would constantly talk to sales who will constantly talk to marketing get people from marketing as part of your squads cross function squads right exposing them to our ways of working making breaking those silos and eng- getting them engaged in communication that's usually a very good uh, way to foster those intra department relationships right when you are talk- when you have your team leaders your product managers or your engineering managers go and talking to people from sales that hey what can we do to bring up your sales right so those kind of conversations i've seen that they start fostering that relationship another thing which is probably what you want to be mindful of in this you don't want cultural dilution you don't want your culture to dilute right when you are working with different departments and i think i think especially in hybrid world right those uh when we are working in a hybrid model even in tech right that co- those in person communication right whether whether it be like a company wide all hand right you can getting call people in together in the office for a conference those things also play an important role having those touch points between departments between between teams that's very important as well if you want to scale up i mean thanks shade safe um yes yeah, so i just wanted to um uh as something Ashantanu just said about you know our cultural dilution and uh, i guess being almost monocultural if i could put it that way that there is something that is cross um cross sectional um across you know an entire company um and and that's what you were talking about before Idan about you know the DNA um so in your DNA if you've got you know something an attitude for example of can do you know um some people just having a can do attitude that isn't something that necessarily um sticks with tech or with product it, it it's it's across the whole the whole um the whole spectrum um also being um open and transparent um that is something that leaders good leaders um often do um and that does permeate um permeate down but it also permeates across as well um so i think those um those cross sectional um aspects uh can be emphasized and uh I I got to say um it often is fostered and is cultured by leaders um cuz they are the ones that often have a view um a bit further up and a bit further across than those that are technically below them on an org chart yeah i think 
sorry yeah look i think you make a good point and when i was thinking about this the question it was really about uh examples of what we have like when we have in tech we all work in an agile way and and i think the first challenge that we had in introducing agile as a way of working was to convince the teams that didn't think agile is the right way and they were kind of like hey we, we we've been doing this for for hundreds of years and, and waterfall is the best and what are you coming me with this agile just means you're not documenting anything that's what agile means and and we went through this journey right so and i've seen different companies try to do this right whether it's a top-down ceo coming up tomorrow we're all doing agile and it's dropping down you know like a ton of bricks and he brings the consultants from outside and they think that's how they put agile and there's other ways that have been more successful kind of bottom-up approach but i was thinking about it and again you you kind of reach the ceiling from a technology perspective and the agile ways of working and then you start hitting other areas of the company that don't work that way and it probably doesn't fit them so whether it's marketing or sales that you know they have an ad campaign coming out and there's a clear deadline that agile is not going to work here we need to know well in advance of what the features are what's coming out what how do we plan right it's like you don't build your house in agile right you probably know exactly how many rooms and what you're building you don't kind of go i'll go one room and see how we go and you know other areas of the business as well and a lot of the struggle is either trying to i don't know convince them or trying to convert them into agile ways of thinking like project managers that have funds and saying okay we i don't understand how you're doing this i need to understand how much money you want what are you going to deliver what's the time frame when is it ending and you're kind of well you pay us as we go and we'll deliver value as we go it's not really how it works so i think for me the, the biggest challenge here and and the solution for it is like you're like Shanti was saying accepting the microcultures but trying to how do we get to a point to explain why we do things the way we do and to get that understanding of saying okay i i don't get it but i get why right so i i, I don't understand this agile i don't know what you're doing it doesn't make sense to me but i get why you're doing it or the reasons and i can see the outcomes and then how you find the way to work together when when you hit you know the the, the seam of where where you where your touch points come in right so i think that's kind of one of those challenges and say for what you were saying before i agree in terms of core values are across the organization regardless of the culture like like a can do attitude is let's say everywhere in the organization even the person in finance and the person in in marketing and the person in tech it how do we get to that understanding that you can do in agile and you can also do it in a different way right and 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 apply that in a different area so i think that was where i was kind of that was where my question was like how do i scale that and scale, maybe scale not the culture but scale the understanding of different cultures and to make them work more harmoniously together mm, mm. yeah i i just thought of three else for that so learning how to do it the language that you use and the leadership that you show um so i you know it, it's all well and good to say you know from the top you know we've got this can do attitude and everyone just you know kind of get your um elbow to the wheel and start grinding out but if, if you're not following up on that with your leadership then that's that's like i think where the um uh yeah where it kind of breaks down thanks Saif. any any other additions to that i think we've covered it fairly well look we'll move on to, to the last question which is uh from yourself Saif being if you could add something to your culture, what would it be? So I'll get you to give us some context and maybe your thoughts and reasons behind this one. Yeah, so that was part one of the question. Uh, part two of the question is, uh, similarly, if you could subtract something from your culture, what would it be? Um, so ah, well, I, 
I guess what I'm what I'm trying to tease out here is, or try to get at is like try to tease out from folks like what it is that their culture is missing or what 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 it could do to improve. So Shannon, um, you know, rightly said in my opinion that no culture is static; it's always dynamic, um, and we we don't have a perfect culture. Um, certainly, you know, in 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 any company or organization that I've worked at, we've never had a perfect culture. Um, so in in my particular case, um, being from a scale up, uh, juggling priorities is just something that you know does your head in sometimes. But it's also the same reason why you come to work. So um, you know, it could be that double-edged sword. Um, something that I I would love to do a lot more um, is have. I think Liat mentioned it earlier is bringing people physically, you know, together in uh, you know quarterly updates or or you know mini conferences or something um, along those lines where people actually you know rub shoulders together again like like we did uh, pre-covid which is something that um we just don't do enough of these days but when we do have them uh, i'm not sure about you guys but i've always walked away thinking god I, i really enjoyed really enjoyed um that day i did learn not one thing but probably a dozen things um and i had no idea this person you know had had done such an amazing job on whatever it was that they'd done um so that's how i would you know try to improve the culture um you know from from where i sit but i kind of wanted to hear what others thought about that um you know in a post-covid world uh also a post-tech you know um you know axing of jobs and and in a new world of ai where white collar jobs are essentially going to be hollowed out um uh, from the industry being replaced by um, fantastic AI robots. Like, how does that, what does that look like uh, to, to everyone else? Um, I think a few things bring to mind in terms of what, because essentially it's a culture is many things, many people, but often it's about what drives you to go to work and stay there. Um, what brings you joy from being part of that corp, that business. Um, I think what's come out re- more and more is also people just wanting choice. And wanting options and so i think that that permeates across many facets so it's not just about having options in terms of what what card do i pick up on the board today because i can pick up what i want uh, but also comes even down to things like their training um what options they have there and even things like broadening to take the learning idea out um or the pd and going further with that even things like you've got a training budget and some of that can go towards your own mental health for example and so using an allocation of your, you know, for, of your training budget to go towards uh, yoga lessons or, or painting or ski pass or whatever. So it's not just about we're here to support you and <laughs> or you don't want in golf. It's, um, you know, I just want to lie on the couch probably. That can pay for Netflix. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> I think it's about giving people choice. Because not everyone wants to have the social events, not everyone wants to go to the big parties. It's like saying, well, what suits you and what makes you comfortable and what brings you in and what brings you home and what connects you to other people. Um, and so if that, so I think looking at how we review the way we provide training to our to our staff is actually really important. Again, it's about giving choice and giving options. And I think that's actually, um, it could be really interesting for businesses to sort of offer that more and make that part of their sell um, in terms of finding new team members as well. Thanks for that. And Shender. 
Yep. So yeah, I uh, firstly, as you said that no, we probably don't have perfect culture. I don't think there is any such thing as perfect culture. Every culture, like we have discussed about it, right? Every everybody has their context. Every organization has their context. Their different context. I think one of the things which I think we should we probably personally are struggling right now, or probably not great at is is recognition, right? So because there is such an important concept, right? of recognize of honest recognition of the world right that sometimes you have you, you can take specifically a bunch of people who are rock stars who are doing that heavy lifting what do getting in every day doing the hard yards and be happy about that and then there are the superstars who are constantly looking for that next challenge right i think one of the things which a lot of us are struggling right now a lot of recognition is going towards those superstars that if this this is the guy who's doing that great thing he's taking that next challenge let me give him that next challenge and we are not often recognizing those rock star who are rock solid in the job enough so i think a fair and honest recognition system encouraging people and appreciating people for the work they are doing that becomes such an important thing of building a healthy culture another thing which i think which which lot which is a problem probably in tech industry more so now these days after exiting is a lot of managers hide uh, controlling the power they're not letting go of the control so what i mean is abstracting information from their teams right or keep it not letting go of control not delegating enough just to make sure that they have that depend like they build that dependency on organization that yes i i'm the one who's driving this which really becomes a very negative influence on the team yeah. as well right with this like there is not they did not given opportunities they did the information is being withheld right so that the, the managers quickly go into that manipulative mode right where they they're trying to save their gun they their job instead of in building their team up which is their number one job and that kind of breaks the culture apart yeah. right with that that's where the trust disappears right the 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 concept of psychological safety disappears right when you have a leader who's abstracting information who's withholding information i think that is something we as leaders need to make sure that not happening and flow of information and flow of we uh, letting go of control um yeah i think for me in terms of what i'd like to add to the culture again for where i work today i think a lot of it is around adding autonomy for the teams and and room for innovation so so those are the things that i would like to see more of um i don't know i had something else and how i forgot um, <laughs> but yeah because there was something else that i wanted to kind of remove and i now i'm kind of like i think you wanted to add more of... golf, golf yeah yeah no, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> that was a joke i actually don't play golf right i think it would be nice <laughs> taking way too much time for that like uh, too much things to do that to go play golf but I'll I'll come back if it comes to me I will I'll come back to it. Is there anything anyone wants to to add into this one uh to to round this off or any final kind of thoughts on the the overarching topic around culture and creating a healthy culture? I think at the end of the day it really comes down to it's so personal what culture is to everyone it's all very different. Um and it depends I think kind of what you said at the beginning it's very different from business to business from a kind of business you come from to when you go into and your expectations of what a good culture is or can be um so i think hoping that everyone can impart what they would like to see in a culture is part of that initial conversation and should be an ongoing conversation 
as how can you improve it? How can you be part of that common call solution? But how can you be part of the ongoing um, manifestation of what that looks like to you? Um, because a culture is some of everyone's parts. It's, it's a combination. It's not one person driving an idea or an agenda. It's a it's a collection. It's a collaboration. So you should always be asking the questions at the hiring perspective, the hiring point, and and at certain points along the journey always to make sure you're engaging everyone and you're getting their thoughts. And so it's always a collection of everyone's ideas and opinions because it's that's what we are. So that's what culture is. It's a group. Yeah. I, I... I'd say that culture is contagious, and then I think I said this earlier. Um, it can be bad culture, and that's contagious. And good culture is is contagious because people see happiness, they see success, they see um, you know a really good ethos, they see performance, they see efficiency. Um, and so that that's that's just as contagious. And and the other thing that I'd like to round off is like iron sharpens iron, right? So like good, so when you've got um, good leaders who can impart this this culture both both ways you know upwards downwards and and sideways um and and i don't mean someone who's a leader who's got a title of a manager or or whatever i mean just anyone who's got leadership attributes that really you know is imparted um across and that that little blast radius um can be so impactful um uh, yeah in 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 any in any uh, company or organization. I think... Go ahead, go ahead, Shot. Thank Sorry. you. So, yeah, so my... Like we have talked about this, right? For me, it's such an important thing to keep evolving. It's... I think the day we close door on continuous improvement, like it's a it's an overused concept in tech, but it becomes so important when it comes to culture and behaviors, right? The values, behaviors and everything that you're constantly evaluating, you're constantly improving, you're not stagnant, right? That's become so important. Right? Keep growing your culture, right? As you scale up as a business, and it, regardless of industry, it applies to everyone, right? If you are a startup and you're scaling up, you need to scale up your culture with that. Right? So, yeah, I just want to add to what Safe was saying, right? Like, it's, it's not hard to scale the culture if you've got the right people. You don't need 10 people in a team to make that team the culture that you want. You just need one. You just need one change agent that can take everybody with them on the journey. And and then, like you're saying, that blast radius will will, 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 will go and, 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 you know what I mean, exponentially will grow. And I think our roles or my role as, as, as leaders is to, A, find those people and, and help those people and, and, and drive those people and support them and help use, you know, Use those people to help drive your culture and increase that blast radius over and over again. Um, and you do that by a lot of building the personal relationships with everyone that you work with and building the trust and and, and, and the bond with people uh, that they will go with you on that journey as well. And right, you, they, they buy into the, the, you know, they drink the same Kool-Aid that you're drinking and kind of saying, you know, they, they see the same value of, of the culture that you're trying to bring. And yeah, I think that's kind of thanks, thanks, Dan. I think we'll wrap it up there. I think uh, thanks everyone for jumping on the podcast. Really appreciate your thoughts and inputs. I think it's really helpful on how individuals and companies can help, you know, creating their own healthy culture moving forward. And uh, look forward to seeing you all next time on the Evolution Exchange. Mm-hmm.